0: Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. I'm <laughs> James. <laughs> he was trying to throw me off. Damn it. I was really pissed off when it didn't happen either. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Uh. Anyway, welcome back to part three of Tolkien's on Fairy Stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we discuss section four. Fantasy. Fantasy, yes. It's just a fantasy. Oh, oh. what? Billy Joel.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Sometimes a fantasy is all you need.
0: Yeah, of course, when I'm said?
1: singing it, no, nobody's getting Billy Joel out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Did you know the human mind is capable of forming mental images of things that aren't actually present? I
0: have. That's called imagination.
1: Ah, Wait. Not just I imagination. Have.
0: <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. That's called imagination. Yeah, it's, been it's been a while. but <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, just not, not
1: imagination, but imagination with a capital I.
0: Yes, capital I. I knew that. I did.
1: I, I believe you.
0: Uh, did you know that uh, there's this form of human expression called art? I've heard of art. Yes. I think, I think my dad worked with him. I went to school with Art. We didn't call him Art. <laughs> we called him Artie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs>
1: Moving on from Tales
0: of the Backwoods. <laughs> um, art is the, uh, according to Tolkien, is the operative link between imagination and the final result, uh, which is subcreation, Which we talked about last episode a little bit. Yes. If you take imagination and art, and you put them together, what do you get? Freshen. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm... <laughs> you get fantasy. <laughs> oh, well, sure. You, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as a matter of fact, Tolkien felt that fantasy was the highest form of art. Oh, of course he did. He
1: wrote fantasy novels. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, well... Okay, I guess I've got a few friends. Okay, literally, I, I have a few friends, but specifically the, the couple, Very few. No. Yeah, the, the couple I'm thinking of which, which one would be considered a friend, another is more of a, a colleague, but they, they like this type of literature, and they are big on making sure there's a difference between high fantasy and, and low fantasy. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. And and, and it it is so, so irritating to me, first
0: off. Uh, No, I'm glad you brought that up. uh, Because I had a note from the previous episode that I decided I would hold off on. Okay, so um, high or epic fantasy uh, was first distinguished from low fantasy by Lloyd Alexander in a a 1971 essay. Uh, high fantasy is secondary world, like what Tolkien talked about, Middle Earth. Now, I, I do want to point something out, because I actually, I, I, I even made this distinction, I think, in the very first episode we did on this. Middle Earth is not separate from Earth. It is Earth. It is, it is the, the, the stories that he wrote were supposed to be an unrecorded history of yeah, a, a different age. A Before different age. age, yeah, right. So, but but it fits in with this whole secondary world subcreation kind of stuff. So, a a high fantasy or epic fantasy story would be secondary world. Uh, low fantasy would be primary world. And then you also have sword and sorcery, uh, which was coined. Uh, that's a term coined by uh, Michael Moorcock in uh, 1961, I think, in a letter that he wrote to somebody. So, a sword and sorcery thing would be more like Conan. High fantasy would be Lord of the Rings, um, and but I'm not sure. I mean, I, the I, what would you call a low fantasy story? It was explained to me,
1: and I this is something I haven't read up on much because I find the distinction to be, I don't know, not not interesting. It's not that it's not important because, of course, we talk about differences in subgenres of metal. Although yeah. we also don't talk about how one's better than the other. And some people who talk about high and low fantasy do act like one is better.
0: Um, <laughs> of course but, they
1: uh, do. Kind of like Salvatore's the woods out back might be low fantasy. Uh, if you like okay. Jim butchers uh, the, the magician.
0: Is that the one that they had the TV show
1: of? Yeah. as a TV show for a little bit
0: uh, on sci-fi.
1: Yeah. But I, I never watched it cause it looks Dressed right. in files.
0: Yeah, Dresden Files. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Dresden Files would be
1: low because it takes place in the actual world, the primary world where we live. It just happens to also have magic and vampires and fairies and and all sorts of things. Okay. And in the woods out back with Salvatore, it's a young man in the world, in the real world, who happens to find a fantasy realm as he goes through the woods out back. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A very good
0: book series if you can find it, but I think it's out of print. So Tolkien felt that it was the highest form of art. And he felt that it was wrongly derided uh, for its inherent advantage, uh, which is arresting strangeness. Arresting, in this case, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, (laughs) means catching the attention. Whereas he he says that uh, fantasy's detractors equate it with dreaming.
1: And as we've discussed, there's a difference between fairy and dreaming and creature stories and all sorts of things in the first of these series yeah yeah oh yeah this is where they talk about how dreaming is uh, so they, they confound fantasy with dreaming and 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 when dreaming there's actually no art right and even sometimes they conflate it with mental disorders and illusions and hallucinations yes and to that we say you're wrong <laughs> Yeah although I do get that fantasy itself may be the furthest from reality the the further you go from the primary world the more unreal the the background is so you know the high fantasy would be one of the higher forms of unreality as far as the style goes but that still doesn't mean if it's not well written and well created in the subcreation that it still isn't a wonderfully and difficult world to to subcreate and to enjoy and lose yourself in and be arrested in.
0: Yes, there you go. It grabs your attention, if done right. Uh, And speaking of doing it right, um, uh, Tolkien says that the major drawback of fantasy is that it's difficult to achieve. It's hard to write. The inner consistency of reality is difficult to produce, uh, leaving fantasy many times undeveloped and only fanciful as he put it. And that may go well
1: with what we have discussed in this whole series about how really good works of art and literature are yeah. wonderful to lose yourself in. And where we've also discovered authors that aren't worth our time. We try, it doesn't grab our attention. Right. And it, it's just not well done. I mean, Tolkien yeah. freaking created a whole, a whole world of, with elvish history and background and a freaking language. Right. Now there's attention to detail course he spent almost his entire life doing this but <laughs> he, he did so it's probably easy to re- get on people's cases <laughs> that don't put time into it when <laughs> yeah and if you do want to publish more than four <laughs> <laughs> yeah books in your lifetime
0: yeah or or leave it to your son to finish you know <laughs> you could always do that too <laughs> oh that, that's where we get up into the 12 <laughs> <laughs> <books>. yeah yeah <laughs> uh.
1: And, and I do have to say that maybe Tolkien had a bit of an ego elsewhere too, because he talks about fantasy Minart fantasy is best left to true literature because it's too easy in paintings as a visual representation or visible presentation. Yeah. And that, that, that seems a little egotistical to me just because he's not a, well, actually he's a decent painter. I mean, he is a decent artist.
0: Yes. Yes, he was. I forgot about that. Yeah. I've got a whole book of nothing but his artwork.
1: Yeah, So he does good, but I also think sometimes when he goes on, uh, he doesn't think of artwork like uh, the Fairy Teller's Master Stroke, uh, Richard Dadd. I mean, the, it, look this painting up. It is visually fantastic. So again, Fairy Fellers, I may have mispronounced it a second ago, Fairy Fellers Master Stroke by Richard Dadd. Uh, I'm assuming it's pronounced Dad. It could be Dodd, D-A-D-D. It is a very in-depth I mean you can look at this thing forever and you'll find little bits and pieces and changes and it's got all sorts of wee beasties and stuff and it's fantastic Queen and maybe more than just Queen but I know Queen wrote a song
0: about it yes they did I'm glad you brought that up though because like I said I've got I've got a couple of books of his actual artwork uh, Tolkien's actual artwork and I completely forgot I had them when I was making my notes on this and yeah, he almost breaks one of his own rules <laughs> because he painted scenes out of his own books. But and, he, and had the, he had the yeah the literature, so he had that, and he can add to well, it. With some- on this thing of successfully, uh, the the difficulty with with uh, writing a good fairy story, Tolkien said that successfully making a secondary world uh, requires elvish craft. <laughs> uh, of course, he does. <laughs> <laughs> well I think what he's saying is it just it requires a special kind of a special talent for doing it or or a special special you got to be really committed to doing it right (laughs) and you got to work at it I think that may be I found some actual audio recordings of Tolkien being interviewed and reading selections from his books and I think it was in one of those interviews where he was he was talking about the elves and he he talked about how they're really, the elves in his books are really idealized humans. They're taller than humans because we would all like to be taller and they're, they're more graceful than humans because we all want to be more graceful, you know, and and more beautiful. Yeah. And intelligent. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know, maybe what he's saying is, 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 is it takes something exceptional to be able to tell these stories well, but that requires practice and experience and work (laughs) and and effort that I agree
1: with yeah but that's true in everything
0: true exactly yeah now my next note was was what you were just talking about literature is the best way to to present or express fantasy so I I went back to Merriam-Webster mostly because I have the app on my phone (laughs) Um, and I had my phone available while I was making notes Merriam-Webster defines literature as written works such as poems, plays, and uh, novels uh, that are considered to be very good and to have uh, lasting importance. Now, Tolkien, for his part, suggests that plays are separate, that drama, and I think he put all plays under drama, although I will point out again, he he did try his hand at writing a small play. From the different stuff of his that I've read, He just does not strike me as a big fan of of drama.
1: No, doesn't doesn't seem to think drama and fantasy go well together.
0: No, no, he does not. He definitely does not. In fact, I think he said drama is hostile to fantasy. Yes, yeah, he did. I think this was another reason he had a problem with Disney. And I know it's why he did not want his own books turned into movies. Was because he did not think that fantasy and drama went well together. And if you know anything on the history of how his movies or how his books became movies. Well, if you don't, then I'll, I'll try and make it real short. His publisher, very early on, um, after The Lord of the Rings, not necessarily The Hobbit, but shortly after The Lord of the Rings was published, his publisher came to him and said, you know, Hollywood's going to want to make this a movie. And he resigned himself to the fact that, yes, he, he understood Hollywood was going to eventually want to make it a movie. So they came up with this idea of cash or kudos. You pay me a lot of money and you can do whatever you want to with the story. Or you don't pay as much money, but you try to stay as true to the story as you can. He didn't want to see him turned into movies, but he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, even though we've
1: talked about Peter Jackson and how we don't love everything, I think he did a good job of, well, especially the Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. With whatever problems I have with those movies, I think overall they are enjoyable and i i'm glad that they were made because and this is kind of getting into what we're what we're talking about here when i first read those books i i pictured them in a certain way and for the most part peter jackson captured what i visualized as i read them and this goes back to what you were just saying about how he felt that literature was the only or that, that or what we we were both just saying about how literature is the best way to express fantasy Anything other than literature removes imagination from the consumer. In a painting, you've got the artist's vision. In a drama, you have the director and the playwright, especially the director, because he's the one who's telling you how, to, how it's going to visually look on the stage. And when I say drama, I'm not just talking about a stage play, I'm talking about television, I'm talking about movies. When you read a book, all you got is what's in your head. I mean, you've got the printed words on the page, but you visualize it in your head. You use your imagination to visualize it. And I think that's why he said literature was the best, reason, the best way to express it. Because it's not just the storyteller's imagination, it's that interplay with the storyteller and the reader, both using their imagination. And they may imagine it in two completely different ways. And for that
1: reason, that's why I actually like to read more than go see the movies. It's not, you know, of course we love to read and that's pretty obvious. And yeah. it's pretty obvious that we like the reading over the movies, even when they're both. But, but I agree with that. It's first, I, I get more lost in my own world when I'm reading. Yes. And, and it is, it it makes it feel like it's mine. You know, of course it's the authors, but then Yeah. I get to do what I want with it as I'm reading it. Imagine it my way. So yeah, exactly. exactly that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In drama, the next note I had was in drama, such visualizations of fantastic elements, it can be seen as bogus, which breaks the inner consistency of reality in the story. If you go to not necessarily a stage play, if you watch a poorly done fantasy movie and you're, you know, you've got this, you got a guy in a bear suit, (laughs) you know, it's a guy in a bear suit. And that, that, that is one of the, that throws you out that, that, it breaks that inner consistency in the story. You know, Tolkien referred to that kind of stuff as just being pantomime. Now, I think in this day and age with the computer graphics, I, that, that makes a difference. Now, it, again, bad computer graphics can pull you out of it too. Um, which is why I, I, I
1: complained about the Hobbit and the dwarves on pigs. Yes. Just look, I thought the graphics were way better in Lord of the Rings than the Hobbit.
0: So now I don't, I, I'm not sure I, I completely agreed with him on this. He he talked about uh, introducing mechanical means of trying to produce these elements, and that that, that adds like a tertiary world, you know, because we've got the primary world, which is what we're in, and then we've got the secondary world, which is the storyteller's subcreation. And then if you if you're doing this as a, as a stage play or a movie, and you've got these maybe not somebody pantomiming, but you've got a a puppet, or you know, in in this day and age, the the puppeteering is pretty sophisticated but then it's i i don't know i don't to me i don't necessarily agree with his point on that that is that that, that adds a tertiary world to it and I, as he said that's a world too many i think i i think your point does cover that when yeah.
1: when it's well done it doesn't add a world it's seamless or at yeah. least seamless enough that it's just a part of the storytelling but when it's not done right when the Gungans or the clone troopers or the orcs or the dwarves on pigs, you yeah. know, when, when it's not done right, it does draw you out. It does make a third world and jumping between those worlds can be discombobulating. So yeah. Yeah. He talks about how <laughs> the suspension of disbelief, uh, disbelief hadn't been so much suspended as hang, drawn and quartered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. <laughs> I, I did too. And that, those, that was Dane and his dwarf riders on pigs for me. Yes. It, it was um, horrible and drew me out. Yeah, I don't think Tolkien would have had any idea of the technology that we have you, now.
0: Oh, no, no, not at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just. As much as he hates technology, he'd probably shit his pants. <laughs>
0: uh, hook a couple of wires up to his grave. He's spinning like a top. <laughs> we have our perpetual motion
1: machine. We have achieved perpetual motion. <laughs>
0: Because uh, uh, he wanted, to, he he kept talking about drama. I don't remember where it was at because I didn't really talk about it. um I didn't make notes on it. Macbeth.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I've got a few notes on Macbeth, and and okay. it sounds like he loves to read Macbeth and he can picture yeah. images, but the moment you put them on stage, it
0: loses a lot. Well, he because he he said it, that if Macbeth had been written as a story instead of a play, he would have enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, we love John Ronald but he's,
1: he is a bit of a curmudgeon <laughs> a bit <laughs> maybe a lot a bit but yeah it's yeah. not exactly my way so it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and uh, he talks about how he can't even imagine like the, the way it was written he can't even imagine the witches uh, the witch hunts the witch trials the witches themselves Sort of, you know, being in our world, and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I, I can, I can imagine a lot of that in our world. And I don't know if that's because of reading up on the witch trials or in, in Salem or the witch finder yeah. generals in England, or or simply actually being friends with some actual witches to whatever degree you want to call them. I don't think they go around cauldrons and help kill kings and whatnot, but
0: yeah, teach their you know, own. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's not impossible for some of us to imagine that. Yeah, some of us don't. Where our crucifixes on our sleeve, either
0: professor <laughs> I will say I will say yes, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he comes up with this thing of the the drama drama produced by the denizens of fairy is what I called it.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, well, I don't like drama,
0: but no, <laughs> well, I I do I get his point though that because um, what I what I wrote in my notes was th- those fantastic elements would exist and they would not need to be artificially produced because it's the the people who live in the realm of fairy who are doing it they they are those fantastic elements you don't you don't need if they were the ones doing the fa- doing the the drama you wouldn't need to have a mechanical dragon or a because CGI dragon. Just, do it. <laughs> just do it. You'd have a dragon. Hey, you, you want to be in this, you want me in this scene? We don't need you to eat anybody. Just <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now he does specify that this would not be art because art is a human thing, but that it would be enchantment. And uh, again, I, I, uh, I went back to my uh, handy dandy Miriam Webster app on my phone uh can 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 you can you guess what the definition of enchantment is? No, but I will say that
1: my note uh huh so I didn't look it up, magic comes from mages. Yes. Art is a human thing, and enchantment is from the elves or the Roma fairy. There you go. And a literary example that I think I mentioned Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark in a previous yeah. episode, but that's that's a very good book. That
0: that would give you an idea of that. But anyway, how close was I? Uh, According to Merriam-Webster, enchantment is the act or art of enchanting. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. President, (laughs) under redundant, (laughs) it says redundant. Fine, you got me on that one. (laughs) Um, To enchant, the first definition is to influence by or as if by charms and incantation or to bewitch. And the second definition is to attract and move deeply roused to ecstatic admiration
1: enchantment so yeah. so magic is the realm of mages or, or yes wizards or
0: whatnot yes. magic as as i said in the previous episode magic is for magicians, for magicians. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't there yet <laughs> i know that's why i didn't elaborate <laughs> uh,
1: and i wrote my notes a month ago so forgot <laughs> <laughs> uh. so but then wouldn't there be some overlap between elves and witches because of the the witches are more of a glamor type of enchantment rather than magic. Hmm. Maybe I mean, everything you just said about enchantment sounds more like what a witch would do yeah. or some anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah, it could be, could be could but, anyway. Well, I, and, and to give an example out of, out of his own books and you know, I, I don't remember it so much in the Hobbit, but I, I know several points in Lord of the Rings at several points in the story some One of the hobbits, usually Sam, will say something about elven magic. And the elves were like, well, we're not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not magic. It's not magic. It's just, it's, it's magic. It's just it, it's inherent in it's who we us. are. It's just, it's just it's, yeah, it's, we, we have this power. We have this ability to do this.
1: Uh, so I just had one little quick thing to go back to the fairy and drama. And, and I know I was all curmudgeonly myself about that a few minutes ago. I actually yes. do like the term. One of the things I was thinking of when I was reading this, because he talks about uh, going beyond the secondary world and the belief and to appreciate it properly in the primary world. You know, he, he talks about what you need to do. But in writing, because this very drama doesn't exist in our world, it's one of those things where when you craft it, when you use your elvish craft to write this, yes. it's, it's one of those things that's sort of naturally defined in the book um, and early enough that it makes sense later on, but not crowbarred in to a point where it's, it's, I don't know. I, I tend to like my books where the information is given easily. Like uh, I'm not wording this, right? Not simplistically, <laughs> but it's, it's written naturally. in a way that's, that's, what is it? Naturally. Yeah. We'll go with naturally. I, yeah. I, I think there's another word, but yeah, naturally is uh, perfect for now if, if not even better <laughs> <laughs> uh, but some of the authors i don't like are the ones who spend two or three paragraphs expounding upon their world and the first five pages is all about that i'm like no just make it natural of course it's yeah. a fantasy realm or sci-fi realm or whatever these things are going to be different i can use my imagination start it off in a way that's comfortable with normal life more or less mm-hmm. and, and you work it out yeah so yeah. It, make sure you define your things in a timely manner. So it's not confusing later, but not in a ham fisted way. Right. Yeah. Just don't beat your, don't beat people over the head with it to get it in, <laughs> to get it in there. And then we get, you're creating this world and you want to explain things and almost yeah. make it a textbook type of thing. And this is what I'm doing. And No, we, we are not your friend that you're pitching this
0: to or the publisher. No, we're your reader.
1: Right. Make it natural.
0: Yeah. Yes. It should flow. So anyway, yeah, I was going to talk about creative desire. <laughs> All right, let's do that. <laughs> um, so Tolkien, Tolkien said, in this world, it is uh, for men unsatisfiable and so imperishable. Uncorrupted. It does not seek delusion nor bewitchment and domination. It seeks shared enrichment, partners, in making and delight, not slaves and that's that's tolkien talking about creative desire the 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 need to create something we we have this desire to create and it's 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 unsatisfied i think it it and because it's unsatisfied it never it, we never stop trying i mean you know look at george lucas was always playing around with the movies after they were supposedly finished, you know, and he, he did the special edition, whether you like it or not, that's not my point. He was, he was always tinkering with them. And I think that's maybe that's kind of an, a way to illustrate what Tolkien's trying to say there. And yeah, I'm not sure Tolkien was very happy with his works either. He, well, he, he was not, he kept tinkering with them. He did keep tinkering with them. That's part of the reason the Silmarillion didn't get published until after he was dead because he was always tinkering with it he he literally had to stop himself from working on the lord of the rings so that it could get published i do like tolkien's
1: rebuttals too because he gets people writing him talking about how they don't think fairy stories or or his fantasy realms are worthy uh yeah calls it a childish folly and you know i I do like the term breathing a lie through silver (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that's a point against the reading of them but but I like it. It is neat, although I don't agree with the breathing alive. But I do like the, the through the silver.
0: Yeah. Well, that was actually that was going to be my next my next point was that he he goes on to address fantasy's detractors, yeah. uh, those who see it as su- suspect, illegitimate, childish folly, as you said, or, or a thing only for people or for persons in their youth. Which we talked in the previous episode. We don't think that's true. Um, so yeah, he had received a letter from somebody. Uh, so so Tolkien replied back. Dear sir, I said, although now long estranged, man is not wholly lost nor wholly changed. Disgraced he may be, yet is not dethroned, and keeps the rags of lordship once he owned. Man, subcreator, the refracted light, through whom is splintered from a single white, to many hues, and endlessly combined, in living shapes that move from mind to mind. Though all the crannies of the world we filled with elves and goblins. Though we dared to build gods and their houses out of dark and light and sowed the seed of dragons, twas our right, used or misused. That right has not decayed. We make still by the law in which we're made. Yeah, I think, yeah that's part. that whole sub creator thing. <laughs> <laughs> we are created, so we want to create.
1: Although I think that works whether you're a believer or agnostic or I do in too. There. Yeah. yeah I do the too. writers are either just really good at enveloping us and weaving the story or or they're not yeah and, and so yeah Tolkien thinks that, you know fantasy is a natural human activity he doesn't mm-hmm. think it destroys or insults reason it's it's not supposed to take away from science or mathematics or or right. anything else it's its own thing but it doesn't mean you have to get lost in the world and
0: never come out no, exactly. Yeah. Now he does say that if used improperly, it can delude the mind. but then he, he points out that anything can do that. I, I think that's about it for this section too, but yeah. And next time
1: we'll talk about recovery, escape, and consolation. Yeah. <laughs> well, we say next time, next time we do this topic.
0: Yes. <laughs> there may be something in between. We don't know yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, until that next time, I'm James. I'm Jody. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes.
0: I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I live in a frying pan. Turned up the gas and I burned my ass. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. (laughs) Yeah, meow. Thank you, cat. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Christmas ale, Christmas ale, Great Lakes Christmas ale, ale with spices and honey, oh yes, tastes so good. Hooray.
0: (laughs) I came across as a total dweeb, I'm sure, because I would say that not knowing anything else. Uh, I'm
1: just reading it right now. I I don't have anything to add, so. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, here, here, how's this?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you got to remember, this was, um, I'm trying to remember when, when was the Hobbit published? 1864. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uncle
1: Bob was sitting there for getting ready for church. And my grandpa told him to get ready. And he just sat there. He said, get up, and get ready. And he wouldn't uh-huh. get up. So my grandpa hauled off and smacked him a good one. And <laughs> my grandma comes out and goes, well, I told him to sit there and not move. Grandpa goes, he did something. <laughs>